Today's sermon texts are from Acts 2, 37 through 47, and Ephesians 5, 25 through 32. Acts 2, 37. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as many as any had need, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Ephesians 5:25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. This is God's word. Amen. Thank you. So the title of today's sermon is Stop Going to Church. (laughs) Stop it. Um, And we're going to hash this out. So stop going to church is the name of... (laughs) title of today's sermon. (laughs) So what is church? What is it? I want to poll the crowd. What is church? Hmm? (laughs) You're excluded. Excuse me. Hey, you're covered by grace. You have the right to be wrong. (laughs) It's all right. 
Church is the people. Thanks. Was that Angie? Yeah. Church is the people. Carrie, body, body of believers. Bride of Christ. Thanks, Jimmy. The bride of Christ. The church is a living thing. The church is the gift of God to his son. Jesus tells us in John chapter 10, 27 through 30, he says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They love me. And I give them eternal life. And they will never perish. And no one can take them away from me. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. We are a gift from God to God. The church is God's, the Father's gift to his son. We are that. All right, would you show the, um, the church diagram, Izzy? Now look at this. The church is not a building. It is the family of God on his mission. We don't go to church. We are the church. In fact, as a believer, you never went to church in your life. Not as a believer. You've gathered with the church. You've gathered as the church, but you never went to it as though it was something separated from who and what you are. How can you go to yourself? Like, for real. How can you go to yourself? But you will meet believers who live in build, who um, meet in buildings, and you ask, "Where do you go to church?" And they'll point down the street. How about let's rephrase the language? How about this? We gather at six three 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 Quince in Ridgeway Middle School. We as Renewal Church. This morning, we're gathering as Renewal Church. You don't go to it. You gather with it. You gather as it. Church is a people, not a place, not an event. Church is not what you do on Sundays. It's how you celebrate on Sundays. It's how you worship the king on Sundays. How wonderful is that? But not just on Sundays, right? Whether we're gathered or scattered, we are the church of Jesus. Whether whether we're gathered or scattered, we are the church of Jesus. So let's stop going to church and be church. We are church. Can we say that together? We are. We are church. Yeah. And I know it's going to take some retooling. Just, had, just like it has had to take some retooling and stop saying CTR. It's okay. Yeah. But let's use biblical language for biblical things and biblical definitions. We are um, the church of Jesus. So church is not a thing. It's a people. Now, so I want to take a look in um, Acts chapter 2, verse 37 through 47, and just want to talk through a couple of these things here, and then we'll shoot over to um, Ephesians. 
And so we see at the outset of the church in Acts, we see that the gospel was being communicated through Peter. And folks heard the gospel for the first time. And they had a change of heart and they believed. And so we see in verse 37, when they heard the gospel for the first time, they made a statement. The Bible says they were cut to the heart and they said, brothers, what shall we do? My mentor, he loves, one of my mentors, Soup Campbell, he loves this passage. He loves reading it from the King James because I think the King James says, oh, brother. <laughs> like, oh, brother, like, what should we do? And the text says, it says, repent and believe and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And shooting on down to verse 41, it says, those who receive the word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Does that sound to you like a people or a place? Does it sound to you like a people or a place? There's church. Believers gathered together, baptized, worshiping Jesus, committed to obeying him. And we see 3,000 souls were added that day. Does that sound like a continuation of a movement? And the text moves on to say that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. And I want to pause for a moment and just think on this word devoted. And they, the 3,000, those who said, brothers, what shall we do? Those who had repented, who have had a change of heart, who were baptized, who were gathered together, they... Those people devoted themselves to the Word of God and to the fellowship. When you hear that word, the fellowship, it means the sharing of life. But it doesn't exclude the sharing of possessions. The sharing of life. The sharing of souls. And so they devoted themselves to the sharing of souls, to the word of God. Now I want to ask, can we see that word devoted, renewed for the church today? Can we see ourselves embracing what it means to be devoted today? To be committed to agree, to walk in covenant, to fellowship together today. You know, we live in a culture in which many people feel that they can move on from congregation to congregation because they like the worship here or they don't like the worship there or they like the preacher here or they don't like the preacher there. Can we renew being devoted? Can we renew the sense of the word to commit to root down, to stay, to be firm like a tree, to be planted. They devoted themselves. Do you think that they had 
reasons to leave. A situation happened, and I think it's Acts chapter 6. I think a situation happened. And you have these um, widows meeting together, and they're Hellenists, or they're Greek-speaking Jews, and these people are being overlooked as food is being served. They could have left. Screw y'all. We're going to go here and start our own thing. But they didn't. They resolved it. What happened to that? When offenses rise, we leave and we go try to find ourselves satisfied somewhere else and it happens again. And then we leave. And then we go try to find satisfaction somewhere else and it fails and we leave. Can we Decide in our hearts to renew being devoted and committed to the fellowship today. I want that for us. We have to change the trajectory of church in America, in the West. And it starts here. We're it, guys. Jesus does not have a plan B. We're it. Can we, can we renew commitment to the leadership that God gives, the apostles? The Bible says the apostles teaching, that leadership functioning in the body. Can we renew devotion to them, devotion to the teaching of the word of God, devotion to praying together? Don't you know when you gather in your community groups around the city, you are gathering as Renewal Church, the church of Jesus Christ. You're not less than church because you're meeting in, in somebody's home. You're just as much church here as you are there. And we look at these ingredients we see flowing throughout this text. Those ingredients should be flourishing in your communities. Flourishing. 1 Corinthians 12 tells us when the body of Jesus gathers, he says, someone, someone of you should have a psalm to share. Someone of you should have a word to give. Someone of you should have some kind of encouragement to speak. Do you come ready? Do you come ready to do that when you gather? Why not? This is your heritage. Anything less than that, less than this, it's not what you were made for. You weren't made, you were not made to be a couch potato. Jesus did not save you to come inside of you to be a silent partner. He made you to function like this, to be devoted to the fellowship, the prayer, the breaking of bread, to share your possessions with one another, to meet needs of each other. And as we pray for one another, as we walk in this, we should, like they did, expect signs and wonders. Expect signs and wonders. Let me tell you a couple stories. I'll start with the old and go to the new. Don't you know that I was, um, when we started these teams, I was sitting with um, 
Barb Pierre and um, a lady named Brandy and her home. And a couple more people were there. This was early on. And I'm there to not lead, to not teach, to not do anything. I'm taking notes, paying attention, trying to see how can we help get to generational growth. And as I'm sitting there, it's at the end, and they're, they're doing something that I didn't even do in my own groups. They're taking a prayer request at the end. And Barbara, um, Brandy says to Barb, let's put Anthony's name on the list and pray for him. Um, and so he has, like, diabetes. He may be in here. And so, um, and so they put his name on, on the list. She, and Brandy said, because... Everything that we pray for seems to come to pass that we put on this list. Did you hear that? I heard that. If it was possible, I could have unzipped my body and jumped out. <laughs> it was amazing. And, and so we're getting ready to pray. And so Barb says, let's introduce Anthony to Antonio. So who is Antonio. Oh, he, it was the family we led down the street, led to faith down the street. Antonio had chemicals splashed in his eyes. We prayed for him. God gave him his sight back. What? <laughs> Where is he? I want to meet him. Like, this is a true story. Right, right? Crazy. And so uh, I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic. You, you guys know me. I'm like, whoa. And so... um. And so, like, they, we prayed, and Bob took me down to meet him. Like, he was just so joyous about Jesus. Sight back. He's fine. Gave testimony to the power of Christ. It's like, man, this is great. Like, so, let's expect these kinds of things. You know? Sometimes we pray, and they don't happen. But let's pray anyway. Let's not try to protect God. He cool. <laughs> you know? Like, he, he can take care of his own reputation. He got this. We don't have to protect God. And so, um, another story. Many of you guys know David and Catherine Moore when they were here. Not many of you, a few of you. Uh, you guys know them. <laughs> when they were here, Denise, you know this story. They had did everything medically possible to have a baby. Like went through the ringer and nothing, nothing worked for them. And so they came up to meet with the elders for prayer. We laid hands on them. She's in tears. He's hurting for her. And we asked God, open her womb. That's it. Thank you so much. Don't you know God did it? <laughs> she came to me. She said, Ron, I'm pregnant. I burst into tears like instantly. <laughs> it's a true story. True story. And like, about a, just about four weeks ago, uh, we had a, a young girl named Emma come to faith in Christ one, through one of the guys on our, one of our church planning teams uh, working at the U of M. 
And so the Prescott's son, yeah, they're in the back. And so, man, he shared the gospel with her. She claimed that she was an agnostic, you know, like she, she believes that there's a God, but he may be somewhere out there. He probably doesn't have anything to do with us. He, he may be real, he may not, I'm not sure. Got to sharing the gospel with her. She's in tears, like bawling. They're going through the text of scripture, you know, and she's just it's like, I want to follow Jesus. And don't you know she had arthritis, medically diagnosed. She was on medicine for that. And it went away. She threw all the medicine away. No problems ever since. Like, this was almost yesterday, guys. like four weeks ago. <laughs> Expect him. You know, we're on the brink of renewal, guys. And I don't mean that just because we've renamed, but it's for real. And, you know, it's hard to see what's actually happening when you're in the midst of it. But when you stand back, like we did with these maps, you get to see and you get to be grateful when in the midst of it, you're tired, you're exhausted, you're sad. God is doing incredible stuff. All right. So, two more minutes. Ephesians. And I just want to make a couple statements. And so Ephesians says that a man should love his wife as he loves himself. And Paul tells us later that he's talking about the church. Guys, when Christ is loving the church, he's loving himself. We are Jesus' self. Acts 9, when Paul was on the road to kill those Christians in Damascus, Jesus came and encountered him. Jesus says to Paul, he says, Paul, why are you persecuting me? He's talking about the church. He didn't say it was like me when you were persecuting the church. He didn't say persecuting the church was a metaphor for persecuting me. He says, Paul, it was me. When you were persecuting the church, you were persecuting me. Guys, we are Jesus' body. You are no less than Jesus in Memphis. You should believe that about yourself. Not because I said it, because Ephesians says it. You're no less than Christ in Memphis. When God is loving the church, Jesus is loving himself. You are Christ in Memphis. Remember me saying this, and uh, we can close with this statement. You've heard me say it before. But no one sees me walking in the building and says, look, there goes the body of Ron. It's true, but we don't talk like that. For me, it's my body, but not for you. For Jesus, you know, he's like, I'm looking at my body, my body. But for others, it's him. You are it. You guys plan A to see the world reconciled to himself. Thank you for your time today.
Let us bow our heads and uh, just come to the Lord in thanksgiving. God, I just pray and ask that you will fill us with your spirit, Lord. Continually flood us with light. Satisfy us with nothing less than yourself. Remind us of who we are and what you've called us to and what you've empowered us with and for. That in you, God, we are finally new creations. And we're finally new, like nothing like us has ever ever walked on the scene besides the Lord Jesus. And we've been given the task, the ministry of reconciling others, bringing people who are far from you back into a right relationship with you. And you've given us the message of reconciliation, the gospel. And you've called us to be your ambassadors, to speak for you, to proclaim your name, to advance your agenda in the world. And so remind us that we are the church. And it's not something that we go to. But as we we gather as it, we gather with it to express and to represent you in this foreign land. So as we come today, Father, I ask that you would just help us to come with grateful hearts to eat of your table, to drink of this, this, this vine and to break this bread and to remember that you were broken for us so that we could stand guiltless before you, so that we could stand before you without reproach, that we could stand before you blameless finally, and that we could represent you as your government, your kingdom, your people. Amen. Would you please come and eat and drink at the Lord's table?